Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. I'm Steve Mathis. I'm going to do a little solo intro here to the Kyle Chisholm podcast because uh, Swisscore wants me to. And we did a vote on PulpMX.com and most of you want me to too. I did these for a little while but then got tired of them. But I don't know. We'll try, we'll try to start start them up again, I guess. Um, so Chiz recently uh, decided to uh, uh, petition the AMA again to drop down into the 250SX class with uh, as he got a ride with Moto Concepts, as you'll hear him talk about in here. And they allowed it, but not after being denied the, in years previously. And I can't help but think that the Phil Nicoletti uh, decision uh, to allow him to drop down affected the decision for Chiz, because otherwise Chiz would probably been shot down once again. So Chiz is going to ride for Moto Concepts. Remember, he uh, he was good at Moto Concepts uh, a couple years there with Sipes. And uh, then the one year that uh, he was working with David Villeman there, he qualified pretty well at some races and then had a bad crash at Houston that pretty much knocked him out for the rest of the year. So uh, you'll listen to this podcast. I get into a little bit of the Chad Reed Salt Lake City thing near the end. That was interesting. Wanted to get deep with Chiz on that and talk about that. And he admits that he wished it never would have happened and he doesn't like to talk about it. But then in kind of classic Chisholm form, he talks about it for the next 15 minutes because that, uh, that's the way Chiz is. Great guy, great great interview. Um, gives you gives the media a lot, gives him honestly uh, what he thinks. Um, and, you know, he's kind of a, he's a really nice guy. It's hard to come down on him for his lack of results recently in the last few years. He's been hurt a lot. And when you get hurt a lot, you just never get back to, to, to even. You never get back to square. You kind of just always work up, work up, work up the hill. And probably once you start feeling good, then you end up getting hurt again, and you kind of start right back from zero. So it's one of those guys that that's happened to um, quite a bit. And Chiz is a, a prime example of that. How is he going to do? I don't know, man. I've talked about it on Pulp Show and different places. It's hard for a long-time 450 guy to jump down to 250s. I've always said that. And for Phil and Chiz, I think they're going to see some surprises there. And uh, I know the Yoshimura guys will do a great job on Phil's bike, but it is probably the worst bike in the class, that 250 RMZ 250. So they got a lot of work to do on it. Uh, Bichelia hated his bike when he was on that Mad Suzuki, and then he ends up back on a Yosh Suzuki. I'm sure they'll do a good job. A lot of lot more budget than those teams, but I think that bike's got a little ways to go. And the Moto Contest bike, I think, is good. Kiefer Rode, he tested it, he liked it. And um, Cameron McAdoo looked pretty good on it in the Monster Cup. So Chiz is a big guy, though. Big guy. Small bike. Heavy and big. There's a difference there. I'm just heavy. Chiz is heavy and big. So we'll see what happens. But uh, in the meantime, yeah, take a listen to this podcast. Uh, 
early on we talk about the uh, pointing out rule and kind of the grief he's getting on social media and then we get into the, the Salt Lake City thing we get into some of his favorite bikes and uh, before you know it an hour is gone so yeah thanks for listening everybody appreciate it let's get right into Kyle Chisholm on the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. They've got everything you need to get out and ride over 700 trusted brands. If you use the code PB-PULP16 when you're checking out, you will save money at the folks at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. And, uh, yeah, thanks to those guys for coming on board. We really appreciate it. They are just like you guys. They go riding. They own bikes and all that. So please support them. Use the code. Save yourself some money. And Fox Racing, FoxEd.com. The global innovation leader in motocross racewear, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. And uh, yeah, foxhead.com. Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, you know, you know Fox. Everybody knows Fox, right? So, all right, uh, thanks again. I'm Steve Mathis. With me uh, on the line is a, a brand new Moto Concepts rider. He's going to a brand new rider in the 250 Supercross class, Kyle Chisholm. What's up, Chiz? Uh, not much. What's going on? Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, all right, so yeah, you made news a little bit. Um, you got signed by Moto Concepts. Uh, you're back there. You people forget that you had a really good season for them in uh, 2010, was it? Yeah, and 11 until I got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 11 until good. you got hurt at Houston or whatever. Um, and then, uh, and so people don't realize you're going back, back to Mike Genova, back to this team, not on a Yamaha anymore, but on a Honda. Um, first of all, though, I thought everything was in the line for you to stay in the 450 class and ride uh, with Bracken Hall on uh, on his team. Of course, it used to be the Rocky Mountain team. Um, what what sort of went sideways there, and what made you uh, decide to uh, to Motor Concepts deal? How did that come together? Yeah, I was like in the obviously this past year, 2016, I rode for the Rocky Mountain, you know, Honda team, and uh, the actual you know Rocky Mountain. I think some people kind of don't, even people in the industry didn't really know. But Rocky Mountain was just the title sponsor of that team. The actual owner of that team was uh, Sean Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and his son, Bracken, races like this past year. He rode the 250 West Series and in uh, some 450 on the East since I was hurt. But uh, he's actually on the team. They've been around for, I don't know, I think four or five years that they've been racing. And I think like four years with Rocky Mountain. So uh, Rocky Mountain moved on, uh, took their sponsorship to the Butler Brothers, you know, KTN team. But uh Bracken was at one point going to go over there kind of mm-hmm. with Rocky Mountain and be a part of that. And I, I don't know what happened. I think stuff kind of didn't go through and that didn't happen. And uh, so Bracken and his dad, Sean, decided, you know, he owns the semi. Mm-hmm. He, you know, like I said, he owns the team. So they decided to just keep doing their own thing for this year. And obviously I got to know them this year while I was riding for them. And uh, awesome family uh, helped me out more than they had to, you know, this year. So mm-hmm. um, we – I, I was in a position, as a lot of guys are, you know, not many rides out there, you know, especially in the 450 class. So I was actually in the process since, you know, since even during the outdoors of kind of putting, kind of putting our own thing together. You know, for those that remember back in 2015, you know, last year, I did my own thing all year on a Cali, just like in a motorhome on my own for Supercross and mm-hmm. outdoors. So I learned a lot, did my own thing. Then this past year, riding for the Rocky Mountain team was awesome. But then, Like I said, I was going to go forward with Bracken and his dad and kind of put our own program together, which for me was actually going to be really cool because, like I said, the year before I did it on my own, but I had like little to nothing, you know, to work with as far as like any type of fun. Yeah, I was literally just on my own, me and my mechanic going racing, you know, in a motorhome. So um, with Bracken and his dad, obviously, his dad is a, you know, pretty successful business guy and uh, he has a way better platform 
you know, just starting off then, you know, way better than what I had mm-hmm. on my own. So it was, uh, I was actually pretty excited about, it. you know, putting everything together. I was talking to Honda about helping us a little bit and just trying to find some sponsors, you know, to help even more, you know, a little bit extra funding and, sure. this and that. Yep. And uh, so that was actually the plan. Even when I went over to Geneva, you know, a week and a half ago or whatever, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, I flew over there and the day before I flew over there, um, I had been trying to appeal my 250, eligibility mm-hmm. since back in October. It was taking forever, taking forever. I finally actually got the approval from AMA the day before I left to go to Switzerland. So like probably on like a Tuesday and I flew over on Wednesday. So yeah, a couple of weeks ago and uh, got the eligibility, but I had been on the AMA like, Hey, I need an answer. I need an answer, you know, going back since October. Yeah. And obviously because all the rides are kind of between October and December, all the rides are going to get filled, you know, in both classes. So just took forever. At that point, I was kind of like, well, at least I have the eligibility. Yeah. Just if something opens up or whatever, I have that option. Or, you know, like if a a factory guy on the East Coast, you know, in, on yeah. a factory 250 team yeah. gets hurt, you know, look at like Anna and Audette last year getting a ride for Mitch, you know, and, you know, in the middle of the year or whatever it was. I just wanted that that option if it was to be, if the opportunity, you know, now, was how many, or how many so, times How many times have you been turned down before this year? I'd probably say a couple of times. I know, like, so the first time I got turned down was back in 2009. Um, you know, I rode 2006, 2007, 2008, I rode a 250. But 06 was my first year. I think I missed, like, maybe two or three main events that year. Uh-huh. You know, my very first year in Supercross. In 07, I raced Anaheim 1, and then I got hurt in practice at the second race. So I only did one race that year on a 250. And then 08, I did the whole East Coast, you know, series or whatever. So, mm-hmm. In total, I did like 12 races on a 250. And then going into 2009, you know, I'm a bigger guy. I've always been bigger since back in the amateur days. I've always rode a 450. I wouldn't say better, but just, you know, suited me pretty well. So back in 2009, I got the opportunity with L&M, you know, San Manuel Yamaha team. So pretty early in my career, like I said, I only did 12 races. So I would have been crazy to not take that, you know, to take that opportunity. So I did it kind of not knowing anything about the, the whole top 20, 450 rule, yeah, yeah. you know, not letting you go back. It might not even, been, it might not even been in there at that point. It's a fairly new rule. I, it was. Well, if it was, that might have been the first year, honestly, yeah. because I didn't know. So basically, again, maybe my stupidity for not knowing the rule. But like I said, back then, I was young. I got that opportunity. And yeah. obviously, I, I was, I'd be crazy to not, you know, take that chance, you know, take that opportunity with that team. So I got top 20, obviously. Well, you know, they don't, they didn't do outdoors. I actually hurt my knee. Kind of worked out for me to get my knee fixed, you know, skip the outdoors, get my knee fixed. But I had no ride going into 2010 after that. So at the end of 09, you know, going into the 2010 season, mm-hmm. I had no rides, no offers for a 450, but I had a couple offers for a 250. One of them was with Butler brothers, um, to ride just 250 supercross. And it was, mm-hmm. I was going to get paid a salary, you know, whole, whole deal, you know, rise of the team. And, they, I believe it, like, Forrest said to me, you know, you need to make sure you're allowed to go back to the 250 class. And I'm like, that's when I kind of found out about the rule. So I went to the AMA, and like, hey, here's the deal I had. You know, it kind of explained everything, and they're like, no, you can't go back to the 250 class. And I'm like, I have no op- you know, offer, nothing to ride a 450. I would have to go do 17 races on my own in my pickup truck or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my only for four fifty, and you're telling me I can't accept the ride on a two fifty where I'm gonna get paid a salary and get paid yeah. to do my job, you know, as a professional. Yeah. 
no, they would not let me do it. Um, I tried and tried, you know, do that you, year. Do you and think? Then, do you think you get? Honestly, yeah, I, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I think I tried either the next year or the year yeah. after that. Um, I think it was like one of the thirteen when I wrote for Velocity, when I went into writing for Velocity. Yeah, I tried again to go back and um, just never really. Never got through and not wasn't able to, you know, ever go back. Um, so. Do you think you would have gotten this if Nicoletti hadn't gotten his? Like, I know you you and I talked and you told me you got denied a couple times. And when I heard Phil got it, yeah. I was pretty surprised. But honestly, one of the first things I thought about was, man, if they deny Chiz after letting Phil do it, there's going to be problems. Um, so I wonder if, yeah. you know, the, them allowing Phil for whatever case that he built and, and they built. And I mean, Phil's case isn't far off yours. It's probably weaker than yours in the fact that he got fifth yeah. overall last year in the 450 class um, over in motocross. So I wonder, I wonder if Phil got it. And then they said, well, we got to give Chiz his, or I don't, I don't know. I wonder how that went. Honestly, somebody else asked me that question. And like, just to be honest, like I like the guys at AMA and you know, whatever, no problem with any of them. But yeah. to be honest, I, just how life is in general, you know, how political things are. Yep. Um, I, I honestly think if they, if J-Bone and the JGR team hadn't, you know, petitioned to do that to get Phil to go back down, I don't think that they would have let me do it. They still, I'd still be in the same boat as 2009. Yeah. And they wouldn't have let me do it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely thankful that he, you know, went out and did that. And yep. obviously thankful that the AMA came through on both of our ends or whatever. But the flip side to that is, there is other guys that it can also benefit or affect, you know, positively or negatively, however you want to look at it. Yep. That, you know, it kind of opened up a little bit of a can of worms, to be honest. Absolutely but, they did. But again, yeah. with all that said, but with all that said, I I don't see a problem with it. And not only because because it benefits me right now, mm-hmm. but there's just like I just said, there's many other guys that it could benefit the amount of benefit to the amount of negative it is. The positive way out, in my opinion, outweighs the negative by a lot. You know, so it's like the people that complain about the 250 class and racing the young kids and this and that, it, it just doesn't make sense to me anymore because guys are paid a lot of money to race that class and a lot of bonus money. There's a lot of money spent in that class by the teams to be competitive. So why do they limit who's allowed to ride that class? So, like, the people that say, you know, that say stuff about Martin, I know you've criticized it, you know, like Martin being in the class still. Yeah. I just look at it like – it's a professional racing class. Guys are paid money. If he can make a living and maybe he rides that bike better than the other bike. I think you even said it in the one article you did on racer X, like the two fifty class isn't given like less TV time or less recognition. No, it's the same. It's equal to the four fifty. Except for the brutal purse. Except for the purse. Purse yeah, is really bad. Right. Yeah. 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 But you know what I mean? Like as far as like if you're if you don't know anything about the sport and you watch it on T V, you wouldn't think I don't. I don't think you would think anything less of the 250 class or the 450 class. Yeah. Other than the bike side. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Which even the average viewer probably doesn't even understand that. No, for sure. Whatever. Absolutely. So, like, so why do they? So a guy like Martin or anybody like I look back at like Pingree and guys like that. Yeah. That rode the 125 class. You know, back then forever. Yeah. It's just. It, I just it's a professional class and and like I said, guys are paid a lot of money. It's like, I I've like. I've always, like, I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about it, but, like, I've given, like, multiple different, like, options of, like, ways that they, that I think that that would be plausible fixes for it. And one of them, like, one thing they could do, if they want to limit the guys that can ride it, well, then they should limit the amount of money that's allowed to be spent in, like, develop, bike development, the amount of money that's allowed to be spent on the riders, bonuses, you know, all those kind of things. Like, 
a team like, you know, the Geico Hunter team, they have millions of dollars budget, you know, and they pay yeah. the guys however much money, you know, six figures and the bonuses. Yeah. Guys are making all this money and they're spending all this money on the bike development. Well, then why do they limit who's allowed access to those jobs? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, if they yeah. limited, yeah, like if they limited Geico's budget to, instead, let's just, I don't even know, but let's just say their budget's $2 million a year. Now, if they limited their budget to, Five hundred thousand dollars a year, and the riders there's like a salary cap on two fifty rider salaries for every team of let's say thirty grand, and bonuses were ten grand to win. Then nobody would want to ride that class. Guys like Martin would want to move up to the four fifty class. And then if they limited that, now maybe Honda can have four four fifty riders instead of two because they're not spending much of a budget on the two fifty class. Or maybe Geico now wants to be a sponsor of. Honda, Honda, they can take that budget and give it to a 450 team and have double the riders there. So like well, that could be an. I don't know that that, that would be the best you know it, option. But yeah. my my yeah. article yeah. my article was basically like either control the 250 class way more to force people to go to 450s. Yeah. So don't don't yeah. publicize them, don't give them the money, don't give them the press. Yeah. Or I didn't put yeah. this in the article because it, I just was running out of time, and I I like my idea. Yeah. I like the first idea better. My other thing is yeah. make it wide open, like we've been talking about, like you just talked about for five minutes. Wide open, seventeen rounds, no coasts. Yeah. Um, you salary should the, the the purse should be the same, and and yeah. and you can just if if you have a bad year in four fifties, if you're Justin Barsha and you were a superstar in two fifties, you can just move right on back down. To two fifty class, yeah. Um, so that's yeah. I'll take either one of those um, yeah. options, just not what we're doing now, where where success and winning in the two fifty class is oftentimes the worst thing bad. you can do. Yeah, it, look at Bogle, look at Malcolm, yeah, all those guys. The only thing I would disagree on, not necessarily disagree on, I guess it would depend on what the teams did, but I think if you make a two fifty class a seventeen race series. Now, you know, the travel for, like, a team like Pro Circuit, let's just say, you know, any of them, but let's just say Pro Circuit, they have four 250 riders. When they're on the West Coast, they only have to travel with two riders, two mechanics, you know what I mean, whatever. Yeah. Then East Coast, it's two riders. So they're not traveling 17 races with four guys. So you're spending double the, the travel budget, which is a huge, mm-hmm. I, I think, anyway, at least for me doing it on my own. Just the travel budget was probably the biggest part of the money that was yeah. spent to go racing. So that's the only thing I would that I would – kind of like i don't know pull back on a little bit is yeah. that but i but i do like but like, you know like now they recognize the 250 points as like points towards your number uh, even those east and west uh, like that i don't know don't, i don't think that should count either you know Charles, i agree with you on that but like like i said the only negative to i think they should recognize the 250 as a premier class whatever like everything like you said i would just be cautious of the 17 race thing because then you're going to be in the same boat again. And now Pro Circuit is going to have two riders or three, or two or three instead of five, you know, whatever. So, like, again, if the whole goal is to just make more jobs for everybody, for mechanics, truck drivers, riders, stuff like that, I think you'd be back to limiting jobs, you know, if you do 17 races for 250. One thing I said that would be kind of a cool idea, obviously fell that everybody would have to be on board to do it, but if you kept the 250 east and west thing, Still recognize it at, you know, mm-hmm. let anybody race whatever class they want to ride. 250 yep. East, 250 West, 450, whatever you want to do. Don't limit, no, no limits on anything. And then they could create some type of like a, maybe like an age group, like an under 19 or under 20 year old class that for the people that want to complain about like an older guy moving down to the 250, yeah. like what I'm doing, what Phil's doing. Well, 
you're not, because they're racing against, you know, quote unquote kids. Well, you know, it, it's a professional class. So I don't care what your age is. It's professional racing. So if you're 16 or 30, what's the difference? It's professional racing. So if they created like, say, a support class where there was like, you know, kind of just privateers only, maybe the kid that raced Loretta's in that fifth place and is a good rider, but he doesn't get a ride on a, you know, Geico or a factory team. If they have some type of a support class that maybe qualifies during the day, you know, when we're practicing and they just do a main event, like at intermission before the 250 and 450 main events, uh-huh. that could be like, you know, something that's limited where there's no teams. There's not, you know, no, there's no, yeah, dude, that's not, that's it. not going like, to work. It's no, not going to work. When you want to showcase, somebody I, I, Hey, go listen, in a f- perfect world, yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, but also yeah. too, when you talk about the salary caps and everything else, and they should limit it, who's they, there's no organization. Yeah. There's no team yeah. ownerships. There's no. Yeah. There's no. So like, all, I agree. Don't. I'm not mocking you at all. I 100% agree. But yeah. we're so yeah. messed up in our sport as far as direction yeah. and leadership. Like, none yeah. of that could happen. You may as well say like, hey, I think everybody should get a unicorn in the pits. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, so. Yeah. But no, you're right. But you're right. Like I said, there's way more. It's not that easy of a fix. I'm just saying, like, right, right. for example, they could do something like that if there was organization. Listen, whatever. Do something. Not it's, just don't leave it the yeah. way it is right now. It's not good right now. Yeah, it's not good. And, and to be honest, even though the rules getting bent for me or whatever in Phil right now, like obviously I'm happy it happened. It got me a job, way a way better situation than I was two weeks ago. Uh huh. It, it. I still don't think the AMA shouldn't just change the rules like that. Like. I don't know if you remember, and I don't even remember exactly what they changed. But back when Kennard, his very first year, he won the championship his rookie year. Yeah, he was, and then yeah. He only had one year to defend it, and then he was moved out. Yep. So, like, I don't know if you remember, but I think the way the rule was written at first, when he won that championship, he was going to have to move to a 450 right away. No, he wasn't. No, he, no, he was allowed to defend it. He would have been out after two. Yeah. No matter what, he would have been out. They let him go a third, right? Yes, he was not allowed to be a, go a third yeah. year, but they said. Like you know, this kid isn't ready for 450s. Let's it, change the rule again, and yeah. it was really done for Canard. It was it was changed for, yeah. before Canard, and cha- you know, so yeah. And what they changed was they they worded it: if you win it in your first year, you can still go your third year. Yes, you can still go your third like year. Yep. Yeah. Um, so like, so like yeah, they changed it for him. I don't agree with them like doing stuff like that. Even like now with me and Phil, like like I said, I'm I'm happy they did it, but yeah, they just need to make the rules that work. Like I. Aside from the little changes like that, like my thing with the 250 East and West thing is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think like wasn't it back in the day if you lived on the West Coast, you had to ride the 125. Oh yeah, yeah. Coast. But then, and, but then guys yeah. were getting f- fake mailing addresses and stuff. You know, yeah. like it was. But also, yeah. there wasn't support in that class, right? Like no, wasn't, no. And it goes back to my like, article. No, it goes back to my article class. about like. The yeah. reason it happened is because McGrath was winning everything, and so that's why John Dowd and Nathan Ramsey and everybody else went down yeah. there. You know, so the yeah. whole intent of the class has been changed 100 yeah. percent from where it started out yeah. as. Um, but hey, let's let's yeah. get back to you and all that. And there's not enough yeah. time in this podcast to do that. But um, yeah. so okay, so Genova, and again, you wrote for Mike Genova. Uh, he calls you up, Tony Lessie calls you up and said, "Hey, what are you doing? You want to get on 250?" No, just actually just texting. Uh, I was over in Switzerland. Like I said, I got my approval from AMA yep. the day before, day before I left. Day before you left, yeah. So got it on Tuesday. I flew over Wednesday. You know, with the time change, I landed there Thursday. We raced Friday. Well, I think while I was over there, Racer X put out the press release, like, for Moto Concepts. I had been hearing that there I, like, I think Freddie Noren was going to ride 250 West Coast for them. Mm-hmm. And obviously his relationship with Honda and Honda supporting the team. 
you know, it, that's that's what was happening to my knowledge. Well, the press release went out between, like, when I was over there between practice and the night show, you know, we have that yeah. pretty long break before the actual night show starts. And I'm sitting in the hotel with my dad and just, you know, looking on you know Twitter or whatever while I'm over there in the hotel. And I saw, you know, the, the press release, I click it, I'm reading it, and there's nothing doesn't say anything about, you know, any the West guy or uh-huh. anything about Freddie. It just says, you know, Justin, Mike, Vince. And so back when I first did my appeal back in like October, when mm-hmm. Phil had gotten his approval, um, I tweeted something. I don't remember what it even was, but something about just me trying to go back to the 250 class. And Tony texted me back then mm-hmm. and was like, hey, you know, we talked about it. He's like, let me know the outcome of it. But again, that was like a couple months ago. Yep. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, I'm over there and I see the press release and there's nothing about Freddie. So I text Tony and I'm like, hey, you know, initially I thought, well, maybe they just haven't announced Freddie's deal yet. Yeah, yeah. So they're just going to announce it separately sure. or whatever. So I text Tony and I was like, hey, you know, I got my 250 approval. And, you know, by the way, I noticed there was nothing about any 250 West rider. Are you guys still doing that? Or, you know, you know what's the deal? And he didn't really tell me what happened, but he said that Freddie wasn't going to be doing, doing anything with the team. But they weren't really planning on having a 250 West guy. That was more, again, his Honda relationship and Honda kind of helping helping with him in that position, you know, on the team. So I'm like, well, I got my approval. You know, I, I loved riding for Genova before. I did, did awesome when I rode for him before. It'd be really cool to do it, you know, if you guys would want to do something. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be awesome. I'd really like to do it. So he just texted me back. He goes, do you have any obligations? I had signed my boot contract uh-huh. here before because, like I said, I was already yeah. in the process of doing my own 450 thing with Bracken. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, I have a boot deal signed, but that's it. And he's like, well, that's, that's not a problem because the guys do their own boots and helmet anyways. So he's like, let me talk to Genova, see what he thinks, and I'll let you know. So I said, like, okay, I'll be home Sunday night. Um, we can talk Monday or whatever. You know, just let me know as soon as you know something and, you know, go from there. So he texted me back about 30 or 45 minutes later and says his word, his act words are just, Genova loves you. He says, yes. Oh, wow. so I'm like, yeah. well, that was quick. <laughs> and he just starts texting. He just starts texting me the offer, you know, here's what we'll do. You can get on helmet and boots, you know, yep. bonuses, this and that, like sending me whatever everything would be. And I'm like, well, I didn't expect that. I was like, you know, obviously I was like, thank you. You know, I was like, but I'm in the middle of like racing over here. Can I just, think about it these next couple of days while I'm over here. And then we'll, you know, I'll call yeah. you Sunday when I get back yep. and go from there. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, think about it. So meanwhile, he was actually, Tony got in touch with Brittany while I was over there and was just like, Hey, in case Kyle says yes, like what bars does he like? What size is his gear? Um, you know, <laughs> Tony, stuff like that. Oh, Brittany, Tony Brittany behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. So Brittany's texting me and she's like, Hey, Tony's asking me all these questions. I don't know what to tell him. I'm like, well, just tell him, I said, you know, we already talked, and um, you know, I told him I just want to think about it. I also wanted to talk to, like, obviously CD, you know, my boot sponsor, mm-hmm. and Sean and Bracken, and just kind of let them know before I just jumped ship and, you know, did something else. And, uh, and like I said, I told Tony that. Yeah. So Brittany said that he was, like, asking all those things, and so she told him, and, and Tony did say, like, Kyle hasn't told me yes. He told me what to think about it, but just in case, I want to be ready. Well, I didn't know at the time that, like I said, I was getting home Sunday night. Yeah their team intro and press release was Tuesday morning in California. So if I said yes, I needed to literally get home Sunday night and then be on a plane Monday to California Uh to be ready Tuesday. So I land Sunday, talk to Tony. Um, I told him, let me call, you know, Sean, you know, Bracken's dad and talk to him and uh, just kind of 
see where he's at with everything. And because for all I knew, we were both working on sponsors. Yeah. Maybe he found a $300,000 sponsor that, you know, it's a, it could be a great deal for me to just go yeah, yeah. 450 and yeah. do my own thing with back. And so talked to him. We were kind of in the same position as when I left. And uh, we're still working on stuff. And I think we had a couple of things that could have went through. But I just didn't have the time to to wait. And I didn't want to – I told Sean, I don't want to pass on this opportunity. And then one of these other deals that I was working on for me and Bracken, I don't want them to not go through and me pass on the yeah, other yeah, for sure. motor concept thing. Yeah. And Sean was cool. You know, he understood, obviously. He said, if it's a good deal for you and you want to do it, he said, you know, do it for sure. So uh, I called – Literally the whole way back from the airport, and also all night Sunday, I was on the phone with Sean, Johnny, yeah. and Genova. Right. So we, you know, we agreed on everything. Um, got me a plane ticket booked, and then I was home for you know twelve hours, and I was back on a plane to California. Yeah, and really. And at the on Tuesday, so it wow. literally all happened like within two or three days. Yeah. So from, oh, that's crazy. Um, financially, yeah. it's a good deal for you, yeah, because you don't get any gear money. You got to wear yeah. JT, and 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 do you get your bonuses are yeah. pretty good, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I lose the gear money. Like, yep. Obviously, it's kind of a bummer. I've been with them a long time. Um, so it sucks. So obviously, you know, sucks to not be with them. But obviously, their team is a super rough only team. Yep. So I'm already kind of working on some outdoor stuff. And so kind of working with O'Neill on that, you know, whatever. And, you know, whatever. So uh, I lose the gear money, but I'm getting paid by the team. So that kind of, you know, obviously makes up for it. Yep. And then the bonuses are really good with Genova. That's one mm-hmm. thing that that's really good. You know, like – you could sign with a team, and I don't even remember. Like, let's just, for example, not say anything bad about them, but like the, the Jeff Ward team. Yeah. They paid me X amount of dollar salary to ride for them, whatever. And my bonuses were like maybe top three or top five. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I want to be top three or top five, but realistically, yeah. top 10 is more like where yeah. I kind of, yeah. is a good, is like where I should be every week. And no offense, whatever, every, obviously everyone wants to be paid more, but the amount of money you're paying me, like, as my salary, doesn't really go with the bonuses that you're trying to offer me. So like, sure, yeah, yeah. Like somebody like Eli Tomac, maybe his bonuses are just maybe a win only or podium because that's what they're paying him to do is to yep. be a podium guy. Yeah, yeah. But yep. you're paying me X amount of dollars, much less than like somebody like that. Yeah. Then yeah. why would you be expecting me to be podium or top five? Why are those my bonuses? Yeah, I get it. So yeah. like, yeah. What, what you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. For example, if they're going to pay me fifty grand. Then why? And then you're going to pay the other guy three hundred grand. Yeah. But bonuses are the same for both of us. That doesn't, you know, what I mean, you're paying that guy that much more money because he's supposed to do better. So his bonuses should be further up the, you know, the results. Right. So uh, what's your know? But that's one thing cool. Like he does bonuses back way further than any other teams do. Um, granted, they're not maybe as much as some other teams would be. But I would rather have, you know some money for 10th place yeah. than only money for 5th place. Because yeah, yeah, if I never yeah. get a 5th place, I never get any well, of it. But if I could have a 10th place and get it 8 times, then that's more than the one time I got that 5th yeah. place, you know, yeah. if I even got it. I always so. understand that Genova is a little bit of a of a trailblazer in his contracts, and, and it's a little bit of protection for him in that, and maybe yeah. they're different now, but he pays you per race you show up, then a very tiered bonus schedule from way back up, and that's how you make money is being at the races and putting in good results each and every weekend as opposed to paying yeah. a guy's salary to sit at home if he gets hurt. Yeah. And so back when I read for him, like, 2011, I was a filling guy, so I basically just got money per race Yeah. because um, I was a filling guy. 2011, I was just contracted salary, normal, you know, like what most teams do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to get in trouble, so I don't want to like say not. I'm going to say numbers, but yeah, I don't want 
I don't know if I said anything, but basically I kind of, and again, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I get like some money up front and yep. then money per race basically. Okay. But yep. then the bonus is really good too. Like where I can earn yeah. really good bonuses. I'm able to do my own uh, helmet, boots and goggle. Yeah. Um, and some other little personal stuff, you know, like neck brace and yeah, yeah. you know other things like that. Um, and like I said, the the gear part of it, obviously, Genova is in with JT or whatever, so that's like the team thing. Yeah. But the money I'm paid, kind of the guaranteed money, I guess you would call it. Yep. It's almost, and I've never seen a football contract, but things I've read and heard. Yeah. I, I want to say it's almost maybe like a football contract where you get, you know, you sign your deal, you get some money up front. Yeah, you get a bonus, signing bonus. Pay, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like um, stuff like that. But it's kind of something, a format similar to that. But then, like I said, the, you have money per race, and I keep most of my gear money besides my actual pants and jersey. Yep. Um, and then the bonuses are really good. He does awesome stuff. Like, I think in the deal, like, if I get the whole shot in the heat race, just the whole shot in the heat race, there's a bonus for that. If you get the whole shot in the main, there's a bonus. If you win the heat race, obviously there's a bonus. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff like that. And just – I don't know if he still does it. I think he probably still does just because of how Genova is. Mm-hmm. But, like, some weekends he would be like, if you go, if you get, you know, do, if you do this, I'll pay you extra. If, if you don't crash at all in this main event, I'll give you 200 bucks. Right, you know, like, right, right. Maybe, it's, maybe it's a mud race, like a full mud race. He's like, if you don't crash in this moto, I'll give yeah. you 500 bucks. Yes. You know, something like, he's doing you know, things, stuff he's, like that. Like, he's doing things differently, he, honestly, which, which, yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. Like I said, for somebody like me, I, I, I definitely feel like his platform and his mold doesn't fit Ken Roxon. Like, he's probably not ever going to ride there. Or, or Genova will probably have to change a lot of the way yeah. he does this stuff. But for what Genova's doing and what he wants to do, he's spending a lot of his own money, obviously, so he can do it how he wants to do it. And that's the point of, like, really, honestly, I like, for me, for the the job I have now and the ride with them – like I like I said, I don't. They weren't really planning on having this spot. Freddie was going to be there, but right. part of that was, I believe, because of Honda. Mm-hmm. So like, Genova basically made a place, you know, made a spot for me, and oh, he, probably went way more budget than what he planned on doing. Yeah, he made a know, spot. Like yeah, so like he made a spot for five yeah. guys right now when nobody has rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so. it's it's because he wants to. He wanted to work with me. Me and him get along really good. Road for him, like I said, right. ten and eleven. Yep. I've gotten along with him good since. We see the eye, eye to eye on a lot of things, and you know, and I understand his position on where he's coming from from his point of view on stuff. And yep. you know, like I said, I just we enjoy being around each other. So, I'm, uh, like I said, we get along. So I'm somebody he wants under the tent with him. Yep. You know, otherwise he didn't have to make this. It's not like no. it's not like I'm out there winning races where he just was jumping at the opportunity to have yeah. me on his team. You know, I'm, you know, I know that. You know, yep. whatever. So. Um, um, like I said, it's cool that, that he's out there spending his money, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Sure. Now, I've seen you put out a couple of social media stuff about the haters and this and that. Have you been getting a lot of flack on your social for this move back down? Like, has it, like if you had to put a percent on people who are cool with it and people who are, you know, not cool with it, is, is it more? I'm guessing it's more people that are not cool with your move? Honestly, I would say probably 90% of it is all positive. Oh, okay. And then all there's right. a few uh, you know, whatever. So, uh, like always, you well, probably shouldn't even say anything or whatever about it. But that's like you know, anything. Don't even bring attention to it. But I don't know. I just keep it real. I'm like, people that don't like it, here's my position on it. If you don't agree, you don't agree. I don't. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But I thought I thought um, you were getting like blown up on it because you posted a few times about. It. I'm like, he must be getting so much flack from these people. Not a lot. Like I said, not a lot. But I was getting some. So yeah. I wanted to not just address the positive people and say, oh, thanks. You know, thanks. Yeah. 
for the negative people. Here's you know, even if it's one of you. Here's my thoughts on it. You know, here's you know whatever. If you don't like it, then comes you know there there was a few people that were like you know not even just like oh that's bullcrap you shouldn't do it. It was more like more than that. Like I think. I don't know. Somebody said something about Britney and stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> if you guys have a problem, they just, come see me at a race and talk. You know, talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah. Not like in a threatening way. Not saying no, I'm no, yeah. up when I see you, but just like if you have a, if you don't like it or if you don't like me or whatever, just come talk to me at race. Give me a chance. Actually, talk to me and then and then make your decision. You know. Well, if they, ever, if they ever did that, they'd walk away going like, "Yeah, good guy. Yeah, all right, I'm okay with it." Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, how's yeah. it? So you haven't been back on the bike for too long. Uh, I know uh, McAdoo did really well at the Monster Cup, and Chris Kiefer, who yeah. who I'm buddies with and does the show, he tested the bike. He likes it. How's the bike, and how are you? adapting to 250s. You know, I brought it up on my show a few times, Albertson and JT, a couple of guys that were 450 vets that dropped down and had a horrible yeah. time at it. It's a different mentality. It's a different idea. Um, so how are you adapting to it, and how's the bike? It's, it's, been, it's been really good, honestly. I'm having a lot of fun on it. I've had four days on it total um, now, so like two days last week and two days this week. And honestly, I'm having a lot of fun on it. It's It's – the bike's so easy to ride, like from what I'm used to. You know, I've been on a 450 mm-hmm. now for since '09, so it's been like what almost nine years since I've raced a 250 in Supercross. So, um, it's just the bike feels so light. I can move it around so easy. It's like I feel like I'm riding a pit bike almost. You know, at times. So it's like it's just a way you ride. It's a lot of fun. You know, I have mm-hmm. like my brother's 250 every once in a while. You know, yep. just outdoors and you know whatever. And they're honestly just they're a lot of fun to ride when when you only ride a 450 you know i think yeah. if you only ride a 250 a 450 is going to be fun to ride but um the bike honestly is really good i, I kind of felt bad when i first rode it because and i and i told them this you know the team i'm like i feel bad to not come in and be like oh my gosh this thing's so good but everything i've only been riding a 450 so like i have nothing to compare it yeah, it's yeah not like yeah it came off of my own 250 or somebody else's 250 and then right, yours right and now i can really compare it it's like no matter what it's not going to feel like super fast for me because I'm used to a 450 and 450 power. So, um, but honestly, the more I've ridden it, I, I've just been kind of trying to think like I've ridden it at tracks where I've ridden my 450 previously, where you know the jumps are the same. Maybe not back to back, but you know, like before Monster Cup, I rode my 450 at Milestone, and now I've rode their 250 at Milestone, and the track's pretty much the same. So like just jumps that are on the track, the way I hit them, I really don't struggle jumping anything at all, you know, compared to like my 450. So like, that's been my only real comparison as far as like the power and all that goes for the 250. So honestly, the bike feels really good and the bike I'm riding, supposedly the race bike is even better. Okay. So honestly, I don't think I would really, not that I don't want more power, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's enough power that I don't really struggle to jump anything so far. And it's, but it's also like slow enough, I guess you could call it, that I feel like I can just like whip the thing around and not like have to like hold back at all. Like you know, on a 450, you got to be like careful timing. You can yeah. over jump and under jump really easy. The 250, man, I feel like I can just ring the thing out and just like be, be aggressive on it. You know, where you can't really on the 450. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's and I think that's what's making it a lot of fun is just how easy it is to ride. No matter what, it feels like it handles good because, like I said, it's so light and easy to turn and like. But my corner speed 100% has to be faster on this bike than my 450. It's, just, it's like the 250 is just so easy to turn compared to what I'm used to. Yeah, so, yeah. Like I said, I'm having a lot of fun on it. And honestly, my lap times and stuff feel pretty good. You know, I know tracks change even, you know, from morning to afternoon. You know, so you can't really compare lap times too much. But, like, 
riding with some other guys that you know out here in California the last yeah. few days. Uh-huh. My lap times are, are right there. You know where I would say at least maybe even better where I was like let's say rider A compared to me. I, let's say I'm a second slower than them. Like when I ride my 450, I'm within a second of them, even on the 250. You know, whatever. You know, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. yeah, so, yeah. Yep. Um, I actually feel feel really good, and uh, yeah, so it's been, been going good so far. You got to get that mentality up, that aggression, that. Uh... It, yeah, you know, like that's one thing. You, I think that you guys on four of these lose a little bit. You get a little lazy, um, you know, yep. racing every week. So you really, it's a big change. That's the biggest thing that's been an adjustment for me. It's just yeah. like a obviously like just the power delivery of like when you get on the gas, like how hard do I need to gas it in between these jumps to clear? You know, yeah, you go yeah. three three. Like right. how hard do I need to be on the gas in between them? And then like what gear do I need to be in? Do I need to go to third? Just leave it in second. On a four fifty, we're pretty much second gear at least the bikes I've ridden, yep. you're pretty much second gear through the rhythms, like down a whole lane at a supercross, you're in second gear, you go to third gear for the whoops. But other than that, you're just second, third, second, third, the whole time. Yep. With a 250 in the rhythms, you, I found most of the time kind of want to go to third. And then sometimes maybe you don't. So just learning that. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing that's the adjustment to me is like you said, that not, not so much the intensity because even though it doesn't seem like it, the 450 class, you have to be intense, obviously. You have to go fast. But the way you have to ride the bike is just... It's more just that intensity of, like, being on the gas really hard instead of, like, using throttle control, like, more like you do on the 450. It's just getting used to that intensity and getting comfortable with that feeling of, like, how you have to ride. Yeah. So, like I said, my speed actually feels really good, and I feel good riding it. I just need to get used to riding it like that consistently lap after lap and you know not having that little bit of laziness like you can have on the 450. Um so. would it be said would it be fair to say 16 2016 was your worst year as a pro? I mean you you crashed out after Anaheim 1. Uh your shoulder was wrecked, yeah. everything in your shoulder seemed like it was disaster and you yeah. weren't ready to really race outdoors and you so you came in, you know, expecting to to have some crappy results and then get better and you did. But it yeah. wasn't your usual space. It was it was kind of a probably yeah. the worst year of your career, I'd say. I, I would say 2013 was worse. Well, was, yeah. I mean, 2013 started out with velocity, so there was that whole debacle, and then got there out of JGR, whatever. And then I got hurt at the second race with them. Obviously, you know, got hurt pretty bad. So then I was out the whole rest of the year. Yeah, so I didn't race at all. So there's that. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, there's year, a difference though. In think, 13, yeah, 13, it was a disaster with your team. And you got hurt, and, but but yeah. like you weren't even out on the track. Everyone was like, "Ah, he got hurt." In in sixteen, yeah. in sixteen, you were out there. Nobody really knew you were injured, and it was just like, "What's up with this guy?" You know? Yeah, for sure, outdoors. And I think going back, I don't, I don't, I always like, I don't know that I would actually change anything. But uh-huh. like, like you said, I raced Anaheim one. Everything was super late coming together for yep. me uh, last year, like with the whole Rocky Mountain deal. Didn't get on the. I literally got on the bike. Probably about the same time I'm getting on this 250 now. So, unfortunately, it's always late, which is <laughs> kind of a bummer. But, yeah. but I will say, like now, with Moto Concepts and 7, there's not a knock to the Rocky Mountain team this past year. That doesn't really exist anymore anyways. But, like, not knocking the team at all. But I think Moto Concepts is a lot more established, you know, developed. So, like, they're in a better place for me starting. Like, I've already tested more days this year, like in the four days I've ridden, than I did last year. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, whatever. Oh, yeah, Moto so, like, Concepts. I mean, right, they, they run a good program. They run a good program. They know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so even so even being late, you know, whatever, yeah. it's December, even though they have a really good platform to start with, uh-huh. and, you know, it's 
I don't, you know, I think you can make up for lost time. Or like last year, I got on the bike about this time, and it was pretty much like, okay, you're on the bike. You've never ridden a Honda 450 before. You're on it now, and here's what you get. Now ride it for two and a half weeks and then go race Anaheim. So, like, so honestly, I, just making the main Anaheim, pretty much everybody was healthy last year, you know, going to Anaheim 1. So, like, making the main was good. Um, I actually felt like I rode pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, you know, with my bike and suspension because I didn't get tested at all. And then got to actually test a little bit, but then I got hurt in the qualifier the very next weekend, like, you know, with my yeah. shoulder. So that happened, and then I literally – I got released to ride between Vegas and Hamtown is when I got released to actually start riding. I was off the bike for four and a half months. I was healed enough to start riding, but not, not like, it's not like, okay, you're a hundred percent. Just go wide open, you know, start going. It was like, you can start light riding and just working back in shape. You still got to keep doing therapy and get your shoulder working and stuff like that. So it was, a little bit frustrating. It seemed, I, I know you said they didn't make me ride by any means, mm-hmm. but they kind of like, were like, you know, if you can ride, why don't you just go out there and just use it as practice? Just, you know, just see, see, just ride practice and hang down. If you get top 40 or whatever, just use the race as practice. You know, if you just, you know, we're not worried about where you finish, just ride. And at that time, I didn't know that this team was going to be going away. Yeah. Nothing like that. I wanted to make them happy, obviously. So I'm like, okay, if, you know, as long as you guys realize that literally I can barely I, I land <laughs> off of a, a jump and my arm feels like it's going to give out because it's so weak still. Yeah. And as long as you guys are okay with it, whatever. So I was still making the top 40, obviously, and stuff like that. But, like, at Hangtown, I got lapped, like, almost three times. I got lapped twice. I was literally just riding around, like, mm-hmm. trail riding. You you would have beat me probably literally if you got on a bike and rode. Thank you. So, like, it was, like, pointless to be out there, you know, in my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But then again, on the, the flip side, I was like, you know what? Just do what you can do. Just use it wow. as practice. Yeah, you know, stay out, stay out, don't pull off. And like I said, the biggest thing is I wanted to make them happy because, like I said, at that time I, we had already kind of maybe talked about doing stuff again for the next year. You know, re, like sure. re- yeah, yeah. signing with them for that. Yep. So I'm like, all right, whatever makes you as happy as long as you understand that I'm not going to be where where I want to be or where I should be. Then it's cool. I wanted to come back closer to midway through the series, but like I said, it's just hard. You yeah. The whole Supercross season, basically, and then to miss half the outdoor season too. Right. You know, nobody likes that. You know, my boot and helmet sponsor don't like that. You know, if I can ride, they want me out there racing. But it's all like I said, it's that give and take. It's should I do it or shouldn't I? Right. And I race. You know, most guys probably wouldn't have. One example I've kind of given, I guess, is like I'm good friends with Dean, you know, Wilson, and he got hurt. I believe it was the very following week, like at round three. Uh-huh. I got hurt at round two Supercross. He started riding. I think a week after I started riding and he didn't come back and start racing until Millville, like what round eight or something like that. And I started at round one. So it's like, I wish I had that like two extra months of riding and being ready to come out and mm-hmm. finish where I was. And like pretty much from like halfway through on with like, you probably don't really remember or pay attention. I was pretty much top 15 every week you yeah. know, from there on yeah. between 10 and 15, which not that that's great. I want to be top 10. Yeah, you're better than that. that. You're better than that. I yeah, there's some injuries. So I should have right. been top 10. But I was still getting 12, 13, 14s, you know, stuff like that. Um, never feeling 100%, you know, whatever. But right. like I said, it, just, it is what it is. I was hurt. And it was either sit on the couch and don't race or do what I did, you know. So, like I said, at the beginning of the series, looking back, I kind of wish I didn't race. But, like I said, I wouldn't yeah. change anything because at the time, I wanted to make the team I was sure. very happy. Um, there was a possibility at that point, which I thought of staying with them. So like I said, I wanted to make them happy and 
you know, as long as they were cool with what was going on, that was cool with me, you know, right. whatever. So, um, it is what it is. Like I said, from halfway on, I wasn't bad, but I wasn't good. You know, wasn't where I should be either. Right. But I finally started started feeling more like myself, you know, during the week and stuff. So, and I've kind of just continually built built off of that, you know, through the whole off season and stuff. So, um, yeah, no, I'm back back to feeling pretty good where I should be. Uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX podcast with Kyle Chisholm from Moto Concepts Honda, uh, brought to you by Fox Racing as well. MotorcycleSuperstore.com, using code PB Pulp16 to save there. Um, so, yeah, Chiz, you touched on it a little bit at the beginning of this interview. Like, in yeah. one sense, you were at the Bobby Hewitt Cannon Day KTM or Cowie team, right? Um, and then yeah. you got the nice ride, and then you get the ride with L and M. Like, in one sense, you couldn't turn down the money and all that, but. Had you had to do it over again, maybe you you should have stuck it out more in the 250 class, huh? Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's just hard to say. Like, even I've even said this. I was telling somebody else. You know, like when when the AMA denied my appeal to go back, like going into the 2010 season after uh-huh. I already rode the 450 class. Yep. I kind of look at it like 2010 was my best year overall. I, I didn't make the most money. I was a filling guy the whole year. Uh huh. Forge, you know, playing little mm-hmm. concepts, but. I got 10th in Supercross and 6th in Outdoors. That's when I got my career, you know, got number 11, had a really good year. So, like, had the AMA let me do the Butler Brother thing, you know, like the offer I had, you know, for 2010, maybe my, maybe I would have killed it for them and still been a 250 rider today. Who knows? You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yep. it is what it is. I, you know, I, I, I did awesome when I rode for Genova. Unfortunately, you know, the following year with Genova, I was doing even better, and then I had the, you know, big, big crash at Houston. And, yeah and ended that year pretty much there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that I would change anything. Yeah, I just, yeah. it's hard to say who knows. Like I said, maybe I would have done the Butler brother thing and I yeah, would have yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my career would have been over um, where I didn't have the option to go back and I rode for Genova and right. did really good and had the best year of my career. So it's like, like I said, part of me kind of wishes I didn't go up to 450 so soon. Yep. But then the other part of me is like, it is what it is. And it happens for a reason. And you know, it all, it all ended up working out. So how but I, I I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, like the first two years I rode on the 250s, me and Brock Tickle, which it's funny because we're pretty, we're really good friends now. Yeah. Back then, we, not that we weren't friends, but we just, you know, weren't really good friends. Yeah. We would, he was riding for Star Yamaha, I was riding for Bobby Hewitt's team, you know, on, on Cowies. And, like, me and him were, like, the top, whatever you want to call it, privateer guys, non-factory yeah. 250 guys. Like, every week we'd battle each other, you know, whatever. So, like, those first couple of years, we were like, I got eighth and tenth, and that like we were right around the top ten, you know, both of us. And like I said, the top non-factory guys. But then that next year, I got that L and M ride in '09, and then that very next year is when Tickle got his first podium on a 250, and then mm-hmm. he got a ride with Mitch for the next year. Yeah, won a championship for Mitch and won races. So I look at it like back then, I'm like, like I just said, man, did I really make the right move? Like yeah, yeah. the guy I battled with for the last few <laughs> years that is I'm good friends with now. You're right, killing. Yeah. He's got a ride with Mitch, factory ride. He won a championship. Like, and not take anything away from Brock, obviously. Maybe I wouldn't have done that good, you know, if I would have stayed. Like I said, who knows what would have happened. Yeah, you don't but really know. But... Just that comparison, I look at it like that's a guy I was on a similar career path, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like where we were. Yep. And look at him now. He won a championship, you know, won races and stuff. So maybe I could have done that. You know, and then I look at like a guy like Martin, you know, who up racing with amateurs and look. He was he's been in contention to win championships in the last like two or three years, you know, in one race and podiums and stuff like that. So like I look at that like 
man, what if I never moved to 450s and I stayed in the 250 class? 12 years, Chiz. You could have stayed there 12 you know, years, just uh, like Marty. Yeah. Just yeah. like Marty. That's what I mean. I could be, I could be winning and making way more money than I'm making than I have. And then, made and then you would hate. Career, you, you, know would, what I mean? you would hate me because I would mention the twelve years in that you class hate, you, over and yeah, over. You'd hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, how but much? You know what I mean? I yeah, yeah. Like, no, absolutely. So, yeah. Hey, how much? Uh, how much is that Salt Lake incident with Chad and uh, when you wrote for L and M for James? Does that ever get brought up yep. in your social? Does that ever? Do people have people yeah. forgotten about yeah. that? Are people still give you a hard time about that? No. People still do. There's not many, but yeah. there's still people that do. And it's like, and I and I, I usually don't, like for that, I usually don't bring any attention to it. I won't even reply back or anything. But yeah, of course not. I feel like those people are just the people that are so out of the loop, really. Like, th- that's the guy that doesn't know that me and Chad are right. really good friends, and I ride with him almost every day, you know, and hang out yeah. with him. We train together a lot of times and, you know, stuff like that. So that's the guy that doesn't even know that, you know, that's the current situation. But, uh, yeah, people still. Sorry, that's all right. Yeah, I got dogs. Um, They're gonna start barking too. Yeah, but people, do, yeah, people honestly do still bring it up every once in a while, you know. And like I said, I don't even bring attention to it anymore, or whatever. But yeah, amazingly, people still do. So, um, you re- do you regret that's that? Unfortunately, yeah, you regret that though. One of your biggest regrets, like what was it? What was I thinking? What yeah, I honestly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, it, and it is what it is. Like I, I hate even talking about it because I do. I just I wish the whole thing would just go away. But obviously, it is what it is. It <laughs> yeah. happened, and you can't you can't make it go away. Yeah. But yeah. uh, stop crying. Um, but like, look, she's even even she's got regrets. I think it was just a lot of a lot of influence from maybe not the right people, uh-huh. and not like. I, and I always I always kind of answer it like this: If you really watch the video and whatever, and I'll. I admit, obviously, I got in his way a little bit. I didn't even touch him, really. I don't think I even slowed him down no, really much. No, I don't think but so. I, if I really wanted to make him crash, I wouldn't have. I would have gotten off the brakes. You know what I mean? I would have. Of course, yeah, no, yeah. I think when you look when you looked at it, over the bur- when you look at it, it was yeah. like you. You were like, ah, I got to do this. I don't really want to, but I got to do this. No, I don't want to. I got to do this. No. <laughs> yeah, you know, it might have been the case. And and again, in my kind of answer to people too is people also don't realize and i don't know exactly but i was i think like a maybe 11 12 or 13th in points and i had a chance to be pretty i think to maybe get top 10 in the points that year mm-hmm. um i was batting with like, with like paul carpenter and like canary and these guys like guys like that um and my rookie year in a 450 only my third year really racing supercross yeah i had a chance to be top 10 in points yeah and in that race specifically I was, I think, pretty close to the top 10 in that race. And kind of back, like, there's guys just behind me, just in front right, of me, right. you know, that I was still racing. You know, there's still a, another race going on. But with that said, obviously, um, in that rhythm, and I remember it pretty clear, there, there, there's an option where you could go, like, you do something different at the beginning, and at the end, you would either go table over single uh-huh. or step on, step off, and right. turn. And that race was kind of muddy in practice, so in between the jumps was still really slippery and stuff like that. Well, the whole race, I was doing the rhythm of step on, step off into the corner. James and Chad and those guys, I think we're going table single the whole time. They're probably doing something that's a little quicker that I don't remember yeah. at the beginning. But anyways, I was going to step on, step off. It's not really that easy to stop for a slippery turn on a step on, step off in Supercross like that. But what – so I was honestly – I was doing that line the whole race. Um, not that far inside, but honestly, I was that far inside – because I was trying to stay out of the main line, which was the left side of the track, uh-huh. setting up for a right-hand turn. So I was more inside than I should have been, going step on, step off. 
yes, I knew Chad was there. Did I maybe try to just like, oh, maybe I just kind of slowed him up a little bit. Oh, sorry, you know, whatever. But honestly, if I really wanted to take him out, the people that think I tried taking him out, whatever, if I wanted to take him out, just watch the video and watch it in slow motion, just, my back wheel's locked up going into the turn, you know, trying to stop for the corner. Mm-hmm. If I if I wanted him to crash, I would have got off the brakes and just kept going straight into the side. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. ended up crashing myself because I was just in a stupid position going into the corner and whatever. And I should have just, I should have completely slowed down and rolled the section and just gotten completely out of the way. But like I said, yeah. I was still racing. I was racing for points in that race, in the championship. Maybe I had a little bit of influence that I shouldn't have even listen to whatever and it is what it is I, I totally regret it and you know wish it like i said, wish it never happened wish it went away it's kind of totally outside my normal character of well, something it, i would ever it, do yeah whether we're playing a game of checkers or racing a dirt cool. bike like it's just kind of outside of my normal character so definitely something i regret I, the, the one thing in my career i do i do regret yeah know? absolutely so. out of your character i think everybody was like huh Cheers! What? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just one of those things where you're just like, wow, okay. But then, like, really cool of Chad yeah. to at some point, you know, Chad hated your guts, obviously. But yeah. then at some point, you called him and apologized, and he said, sure. And now you guys yeah. are really good friends, you know. And so I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, honestly. So like, when I went back to the truck after that race, I was like, not scared. I wouldn't say because actually I had people around me. Like yeah. Big James was at the truck, so I wasn't scared. But I'm like. <laughs> I'm expecting him to come over to the truck and want to kick my ass. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, what am I going to say now? Yeah. Like, that's Chad Reed. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I don't know what to say. Maybe look up to him, but kind of look up to him. You know what I mean? Sure, like, yeah, yeah. What, what just happened? Like, what, what it, it's all like a whirlwind. Yeah, you're in the race. Yeah, yeah. You know, stuff happens like that. And I'm like, man, what just happened? It kind of hit me. And I'm like, thinking he's going to come try to kick my ass, whatever. He never once, and this earned a lot of respect for me, for Chad. He never once said a word to me. Not after that race, not the next week, not at the next race, to this day has never said a word to me bad about it, yeah. nothing. I think, honestly, deep down, he probably kind of knew the situation a little bit. And oh, for sure. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. you know, whatever. So, and that, that made me earn a lot of respect, for, you know, gain a lot of respect. But before we were even friends, you know, I'm like, that takes a really big person and a really good person to not even – as frustrated and pissed off as he should have, as I probably would have been if it, if roles were reversed, it, it it had to take a lot for him to not even say a word, you know, whatever. So, um, a lot of respect for him for that. But uh, yeah, like that was 2009. Obviously, 2011. Um, I just got back to riding from my lung injury in Houston uh, during like towards the end of outdoors. I just got back on the bike. I was at uh, it was before Southwick. I did like two races at the end of that year. Uh, set the first one I was doing. The owner of Bade City uh, Racetrack in Florida, mm-hmm. um, the back part of that track is really sandy and stuff, so they had a practice the weekend before, so the track was rough. So he invited a bunch of pros out mm-hmm. to just have a private ride you know, at the track to get ready for Southwick. And I didn't know it, but I've, I've been friends with him, been riding at Bade City since I was on Pee Wee's. Of course. And yeah. uh, he invited me out. I go out there. Well, I get out there and, like, like Dean Wilson's out there and Chad and Werner and <laughs> me and uh, you know a bunch of you know, a few other guys yeah. too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just went to this private track. You know, and again, this is like a year and a half or more later. Yeah, wow. and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm at this private track. There's like eight of us riding, and I'm like, Chad's here. Where do I park? Everybody's parked together. I'm gonna look like an idiot. If I go park off by myself. So I kind of parked like kind of away with the people uh-huh. and I'm like and I know most of the other people are and I'm friends with most of them and I'm like like Paul Parabinos is there you know he's a yeah. mechanic and I've been friends with Paul since I was 
literally like seven years old. So I'm like, I can't just not go around them and, and all of them were around each other because it was just us. And I'm like, gosh, this guy, he's going to want to kick my ass here. He's going to say something. <laughs> I'm going to just leave. And it's Chad Reed, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what do I do? I literally, I was like scared to say anything. I had up to that point, honestly, for over a year, I had wanted to go up there and apologize yeah. to him. No, I know. We had talked about it. You and I had talked about it. Right. And yeah. 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 And honestly, I never, I never really got the, I never felt like I had the right chance to. I probably could have made something happen and I yeah. was being a pussy and not right. doing it. But I never really felt like a good time to do it. It's always like at the race. I'm like, I don't want to go bug this guy at the race yep. with something and bring something like that up, obviously. Yep. So I just never got the chance to. And, um, Honestly, that day, I'm like, I was scared the whole day, but I knew that was my chance to say something. And <laughs> um, like I said, up to that point, he'd never even said a word to me about yeah, it. Never, yeah, yeah. never said anything mean to me or anything, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I got to say something. So we were done riding, you know, getting undressed and loading up. And he, he was over by himself, like putting stuff in his car. So I kind of walked over before he left. And I just like, just talked about everything, apologized and everything like that. And he's like, no worries, man. Like I said, nothing bad, nothing. Just yep. no worries. I understand. You know, everything's cool. Um, you know, it's it's all good. We're you know we're all good. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You know, I really appreciate. It. You know, I told him I've been wanting to come talk to him and stuff like that. Yeah. And that literally turned into, you know, I was just riding on my own and you know, do, you know, riding and stuff. You know, that year yep. I just got back to riding, and uh, you know, Dean, all those guys were staying down riding at Chad's uh-huh. at his property. Yep. And he says to me after I apologize and stuff, he's like. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, riding, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Don't do going somewhere to ride. And he's like, we're, we're all riding at my house tomorrow if you want to come out and ride. And I'm like, <laughs> really? You're I'm like, like, okay, what? I'll come on. Ride. You're like, is this a trap? And I'm like, is what this, just, what just happened? Is this, yeah. a, is this yeah, a trap? He's going to kill me. Right, right. Right. Yeah, I'm going to get this property and I'm going to die tomorrow. Right. So, no, I went out there. Honestly, it was awesome. I got to ride there for a few weeks because it was the end of outdoors and mm-hmm. rode with him and Dean. And I think that's your Dean won championship. And, you know, Burner was there, and I, I known Burner a little bit from when he was teammates with James back on the Kawasaki days and stuff like that. Yep, yep. So, honestly, I went out there. After I had apologized that day before, I kind of, you know, never, we kind of joke about it now a little bit, but yeah, like, yeah. never really brought it up again for a while. I'm just like, well, obviously thankful that he's, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, understanding awesome. or whatever. But, um, hey, it's all right. <laughs> um, so I'm like, you know, I went out on the road, and he was super cool. And ever since then, we've been riding, gotten to know each other better, and I've yeah. been riding, and we've been friends ever since, pretty much. And that kind of just turned into yeah. friends. And that's... that turned into the next year of me riding Supercross with him and training with him and stuff like that. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, yeah. whatever. So yeah. at, at that point, I wasn't really riding over at James as much uh, anyways. I was kind of just doing my own thing, you know, riding and stuff. So um, it all, you know, everything happens for a reason. It all worked out. I'm still friends with James and Malcolm and you know, the whole family, too. And yeah. You know, it is what it is. So, yeah, definitely. Would, would you a, put... A, a, definitely part of my career I would definitely like to take back. But like I said, it all works out. And would you... Maybe uh, me and wouldn't be friends at all. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's a good know. point. You're right. So, would you put more blame yeah. on that on Brooks or Big James for what kind of you feeling pressure? <laughs> I don't want I don't want to answer. Okay. I don't want to answer. Okay. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. And and again, and I'll make it clear. Don't nobody answer. Told me, Don't answer. Hey, no, I, no, but I'm just saying nobody told me like you need to go out there and take that guy out this race. You know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it was like, you know, whatever. It was like, ah, oh, you know, maybe, you know, yeah. a little, do a little of this, a little of that. You know, you know, whatever. Maybe maybe a little so, bit of this or that and, will and come again, your way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And and also, also like that year. Also, like I said, I wasn't doing great my rookie year, but 
I was close to the top 10 in points, yeah, you know, yeah. 11, 12, whatever. And so it wasn't a great year. It started out, I missed a few of the names for starting out, but I was getting some top 10s and getting better. Yep. And at that point, it was kind of being talked about because I knew I was getting my knee fixed, you know, two weeks after that. You know, there's only two races left. And I'd been riding hurt all year and still doing okay. And I think they saw that. So there was talk about me staying there for the next year. You know, J- you know, James was there the next year too. Yep. So about renewing, you know, to keep me for another year. So I'm like, oh, you know, okay. Well, those guys can go tell me to do whatever and I'm going to go do it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. stupid yeah. and whatever. So um, that was a little part of it too. And again, like I said, just, just you know, being young and yeah, inexperienced, right. and you know, whatever stuff like that. So, um, um, okay, yeah. Next. I, like I said, I don't want to answer who who it. Who, yeah, that's fine. It was, it was, it was a collective. Thing. Um, yeah, so okay, so you you've ridden out. You can't say your Moto Concepts bike. That's that's you can't say that. Outside of the Moto <laughs> Concepts bike, uh, which bike did you really like? Um, again, you have the L and M Yamaha well, that was sort of semi factory yeah. parts. You got the the Jeff Ward Cowie. You had some Olean stuff on that. Yeah. You rode a JGR bike for a bit. You had your Velocity Three yeah. weapon. Which bike did you really like? <laughs> Honestly, I know you said don't say the Moto Contest bike. No, I can't say. Bike, you can't say the Moto Contest bike. <laughs> that was the best, but if I don't, if I can't use that one. Oh wait, no, 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 wait. I'm sorry. You can't say the Moto Contest bike now. Your Honda 250F. You can say the old oh, one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The old one honestly was really good. I had it set up really good. I know now. Like 2010 was my best year. Dude, everybody like hated I that bike. Race. Yeah, I didn't even race the first Supercross. I was in Germany racing mm-hmm. a Cowie. I was in Germany racing a Cowie. Came back rode three races on a stock Yamaha that Rock River gave me and took to the races for me. Before And then after, like, the fourth round is when I started going in at Moto Concepts on their bike. So that's how my year started out. I got 10th in Supercross and 6th in Outdoors. Not far from top five either. I think yeah, yeah. I, de- I got knocked out in Red- at Red Blood that year on the first turn of the first moto, so I DNF both motos. I think if I had just gotten my average finish that day, uh-huh. which Red Bud's usually one of my better tracks too, I think I could have had a pretty good chance of being fifth in points. And uh, that bike, honestly, uh, Ross and those guys did an awesome job setting up for me. It just suited me. I know no, now everybody says they didn't like that bike, you know, whatever. Right, right. But honestly, I liked it a lot. I got it set up good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really like it. I will say, though, Riding the JGR bike, which was that was in 2013, so mm-hmm. that was like the same same bike as yeah. 2010, basically. Yep. You know whatever. Um, that bike, that bike, or I rode RCH's bike in 2000 before the 2012 season. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe it was, no 2013 season. Um, when I did the velocity thing, I was maybe going to go to RCH. I actually got to ride one of their bikes too. Yep. And that bike was really good, and the JG. I, I'd say the JGR bike was maybe a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had more time on the JGR bike. I only got to ride the RCH, the RCH bike one one day. Right. Um, those two bikes were just it's, it's just crazy how good they are. And for people that don't know, like on L and M, obviously I got we had factory support, but there was still factory Yamaha then. So yes. Like, yeah. I got like some factory stuff, whatever. But honestly, I was pretty young then. I didn't even know that much about testing. I'd only raced and you know, rode Supercross two years. There's a Supercross only deal on a 450, on a Yamaha. I've never rode one before. I didn't like, I really didn't have that much. There was stuff that we tested that we could have tested that we just never did. There wasn't time to do it. You know, I wasn't, I was just kind of like, I was, like I said, I was younger. I was kind of like, just leave the bike alone. Let me just ride the thing. So after a few years had gone by, riding the RCH bike, the JGR bike, it's just crazy how good those bikes are. Like, 
and, and those are the only op- those are the only chances, and and those weren't even really factory bikes, but closest to an actual factory bike that I've gotten to really ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, they just it's unreal how how good they are. Just everything that they the capabilities they have, um, just crazy. Like the JGR bike, so easy to do a to do a start on. Yeah, yeah. Quiet. The mapping it and just, everything, yeah. It's almost like automatic. Yeah, like all their ability, like the capabilities yeah. and stuff that they can do, um, it's just like. It, it, it was it was so awesome to get to do it, and then when I got hurt at that second race, like literally, it's crazy how this sport is. And life is like this for <laughs> right. people in general. Not don't even race. Like I went from like starting out, like everything's great. I signed this deal with Velocity with this team. Yeah, get my first check. It doesn't go through. Everything's downhill. We're spending our own money to go to the West Coast races. Uh-huh. So just down in the dumps. The team's not even going anymore. To then getting the opportunity with JGR, like to not even maybe going racing after West Coast, to getting the JGR opportunities. So it's like everything's great, everything's bad. Everything's great. The world, you know, on top of the world, got this JGR opportunity. Yeah. The next minute, I'm laying in the hospital. I can't feel my legs. I'm in a wheelchair for three and a half months, and yeah. the opportunity just goes go just as quick as it came. It went away. Yeah. You know Still, that that was my last opportunity I've had to this day of being on a really good bike and a really good team, you know, whatever, until now, you know, whatever. So um, it it was frustrating that that happened, but it is what it is. You can't change it. You know, injuries yeah. are part of, you know, what we do. So a um, little more frustrating that it wasn't really my fault. Yeah. But if you want to say it was my fault, I should have got the whole shot, and then that wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, there we go. You know, whatever. Right. You know, um, it, it is what it is. So. What are you going to do this so, summer? Yeah, that bike was really good. What are you going to do this summer? A Moto Concepts deal, Supercross over. Uh, what do you got planned? Anything? Yep. So this summer, honestly, I don't really know at this point. Um, originally, like the deal with Bracken and them that I was going to do the, you know, on the 450 stuff, he only does Supercross too. You know, you know that's all he's ever really done. Mm-hmm. So I was still going to be in the same position even if I did that deal. Um, for me, though, right now, obviously I'm trying to just focus on you know what's going on right now with the whole 250 thing is the whole animal in itself. You know, trying to just focus on that. But in the back of my mind, I'm already kind of making some plans and kind of working on working on some, you know, hey, hey, be quiet. She's working on something, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, just kind of working on doing, this case, I, I, I want to race. I'll do my own thing, you know, like what yeah. I did last year on the Cali. Yep. Um, if, if, would you uh, ride a, would you ride a I, Honda? Would you ride a Honda 450, like kind of just to make it, I, make everything, you know? I would, I would ride, uh, right now actually in my house, I have a, Honda, a brand new Honda 450, a 17. Um, because I'm going to be doing some 450 on the East Coast, you know, with Moto Concepts. So the 250 West, some 450 East Coast, you know, kind of whatever ones I want to do. Um, so the, the 450 I have at home is actually my my own deal. That was kind of I already had that because of the whole deal with Bracken. Uh huh. So um, so I already kind of had that going. So I already have the 450. So I'll, I'll ride those for outdoors, and then um. But, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot can happen between now and then that, you know, yep. if there's an injury or a fill-in ride, whether it's 250 or 450, I will, you know, obviously take one of those opportunities if I can over doing it on my own. But, you know, worst case, I'll just put my own thing together like I have kind of the last couple of years and uh, and do it on my own that way until something comes available. Or, you know, like I said, I'll do all 12 of them, you know, on my own. So, um, so um, yeah, kind of straight, kind of cross that bridge as I get to it. But sure, yeah. like the plan is doing it on my own on Honda 450s, and you know, best case scenario, obviously, not that I hope anyone gets hurt, but best case scenario, you know, another ride becomes open or available. I've also kind of wanted. I've, I reached out to the Honda team up in Canada. They weren't in the position when I talked to them, you know, a month or two ago. 
to have another 450 guy. But uh, I, I would like to go back to Canada too. So um, if any opportunity comes available up there, you know, I'd definitely be totally no. up for going back up there. I had a good time, and you know, I think it'd be cool to do that. Yeah, no, bro. So, you, they only hire Canadians. Yeah. You're out. You would be out. They have to hire. I know. Honda I know. wants Canadians for some reason. So um, I know. I, yeah. Well, no, the Honda guy is actually cool. He, he wanted to do as Digger. He's cool. He have the budget to really do it. Um. Yeah. All right, cheers. Well, hey, I'll let you go. Um, the <laughs> Let me you, get back to my babysitting. Yeah, no, I know. You and Phil racing 250s is going to be a very interesting subplot. Um, should be should be great to watch you two guys and see how you do and, and all that. I'm interested to see. So um, thanks, yeah, buddy. Sure. Thank you for doing the podcast. Yeah, and good no, luck with everything, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah, sounds good. See you, cheers. Thanks, man. Later. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey,